fashion, pop culture, general, sports, you know, anything I really feel like talking about. And recording today, Friday, May 19th. I promise I will get better with the intros, but for now, let's go ahead and get into it. One thing I noticed when I published the first episode, too, was I forgot to put down the intro music. Uh, So I'll be doing that for this episode. So you'll hear some intro music as it comes in. Uh, Just a little housekeeping. Okay. So I want to talk about a couple things. I'm going to introduce a new segment. And generally, this segment pretty much informs what I'm going to talk about the podcast. So, you know, if we have like like or similar Twitter timelines, which based on the Elon algorithm, as I call it, <clears throat> then, you know, you would have seen a bunch of this, too. But if you follow any of the sneaker pages, I'm sure you saw this curated post like eight or nine times. OK, so here we go. First thing we're going to talk about is the Royal Ones Reimagine. That has been the thing that has been circulating up and down my timeline forever. If you haven't seen it, then you haven't been on social media. But, you know, just go Google it, Royal Royal One Reimagine. Um, it's supposed to be dropping, I think, spring of next year. All suede. All completely suede. There may be some suede nubuck in there, Noah Nike, but uh, there are no other materials besides just suede, right? Then you still have your typical, you know, leather bottom, typical sole, you know. uh, The tongue doesn't look any different. The tongue is suede, but the, you know, the tongue tag is pretty much the same. And, you know, I've quote tweeted it at least two or three times. Um, and my opinion of the shoe continues to oscillate every time I think about it. And the reason why it, it oscillates or goes back and forth is I just, I just don't know how to feel about a shoe that comes out, that is coming out a year from now. I just don't, right? It's the same way I felt about the lost and founds, right? I just don't know how to feel about it because I don't know what it looks like on foot. You know, where's like, you know, where the trend, not that I pay attention to trends like that, but where the trend's going to be at, are we still going to be trying to cover our shoes with really long pants? Are we going to go back to the ankle pants? You know, is it going to be jogger season again? Like what trend is going to be taking over? And then like, you know, it's a suede shoe guys. If you have suede, anything, then you know that the minute that that material gets dirty, you can't let it get too dirty. That's like one of those shoes that like, you know, somebody steps on it incorrectly, man, you got to like scrub that motherfucker down immediately or else it's cooked. And even if you clean it aggressively, the shoe may still be cooked, right? So what kind of value is that on the resale market? And not that I care about its resale value, um, but more so just like, it's a suede, it's a suede Jordan one. Like, did we want that? No, I, I was thinking, and I was corresponding with, uh, Gasman front of the pod about, you know, like if they would have did like a mix of materials, 
like I watched Sean Go's uh, review of the Jordan One Miles Morales shoe that's coming out tomorrow on sneakers. Already dropped via Shock Drop a couple weeks ago, and the the use of the different materials and patterns and stuff like that. They're capable, and we've seen them do it before. They're doing it on this Miles Morales release. Why couldn't we get a little bit more of that on the Royal? That's one. Two, just in general, I I don't know how to feel about a shoe that's coming out a year from now. And the fact that I'm going to get bombarded with that shoe for the next year on my Twitter timeline on a weekly basis. So in future episodes, you may hear me come back and say, oh, I love that shoe. It's a must cop. It's a must cop. And in other weeks, I'm going to be like, man, that's boring. Right. But why are we looking out so far ahead? Like a year from now, like that shoe is coming out a year from now. We already know about like four or five shoes that are coming out spring of next year alone. That's kind of frustrating. And I'm not trying to change the subject for the Royal ones overall. As it stands Friday, May 19th at 11 o'clock central. It's a pass for me. It just is. Um, I'd rather get some older Royals, older Royal ones. And I feel like the value of that shoe is going to skyrocket on the resale market just because the reaction to the suede ones coming out in 2024 is kind of negative. Now, I know there are going to be some people that say, well, if it's a collaboration, you'd feel differently about it, blah, blah, blah. No, I don't feel differently about it. If it was a collaboration or not, I would have the same issues with it, personally. I'd be like, why the hell are you doing an all suede shoe? Who thought that was a good idea? Right? Like, we've seen some really, really, really good shoes. Right? And we've seen some collaborators, I'm in the air, really play with... <clears throat> the mixed use of materials. So, you know, I actually think, now that I think about it, I haven't put the Jordan 12 in my hand, but now that I think about it, the Jordan 12 that I'm on the just did is suede and leather. So, from a GR perspective, we could have definitely seen Jordan brand do a little bit more. And the fact that the shoe is still at a 180 price point tells you that they could have done more and probably still kept it at a 180 price point. But, you know, different conversation for a different day. We literally have a whole year to discuss this shoe. Okay. Here's the next thing that's crossed my Twitter timeline. And it actually crossed my Twitter timeline either last night or this morning. I think it was last night because I was going to record yesterday. And I changed my mind because I saw this cross the timeline. Winter 2023 or holiday 2023, whatever. We're going to be getting another Travis Scott SB. Uh, And I quote tweeted it. I quote tweeted uh, one of the sneaker blogs. With the, I'm tired of this grandpa from Holes, right? Because I'm tired of it. I feel pretty strongly that the dunk market was starting to reset itself, right? It, it's been doing that, you know what I mean? But like, 
the SBs in particular, they're in a nice, comfortable two to four hundred dollar range, depending on your size and if it's a collaboration or not, right? Um, but they're starting to settle. A Travis Scott SB Dunk is really just gonna make that market for all those other shoes jump back up. Case in point, the Jordan One Low. The Jordan One Low is valued way more on the resale market than it should be. Why is that? Because at the top of the market, you have fragments. You have uh, reverse the OG mochas, not OG mochas. I think reverse mochas are still out there too, like 900 to 1,000. Uh, the olives are definitely in the thousands. And um, even the all black suede ones, they're like five 600, right? The top of the Jordan 1 market, Jordan 1 low market specifically, is super high. So what does that mean for the bottom of the shoe? The bottom of the list, right? Talking like your GR Jordans, Jordan 1s, SE specifically. Stuff that like you would typically find on the Nike app that would be sitting, that you could find on like ASOS or something like that, that would be sitting, that are probably priced a little bit higher than they should be because of the resale market values the collaboration one low so heavily, right? And I think end of June, early July, we're getting the black toes, ones, Nike Air on the tongue, right, as a release. That shoe's probably going to be at least 300 right? Starfishes. Starfishes came out in 2021. In 2023, they're still $200 plus. How do, how do I know? Because I'm looking for a pair of star, Starfishes. Neutral gray ones. All those Jordan 1 lows that came out a couple years ago that really should be like kind of coming down in price, they're still kind of up there. Now you're saying, well, Evan, like $200 on a on a new sneaker is kind of nothing. That's pretty much retail and shit. Is it though? Jordan 1 lows are like 150 So no, it's not retail and ship. It's retail, ship, and tax. Plus, I'm paying a reseller tax. Plus, I'm paying a StockX tax or Go tax or eBay tax. I'm paying somebody's tax and shipping and more taxes. <clears throat> so, for the SB market to bring it back, the SB market, like I said, is kind of leveled out a little bit, right? Just paying attention to trends and, you know, like, the people and what the reseller groups on Facebook are doing, eBay. You know, I don't really check StockX like that anymore because I'm not paying that. I'm just not paying it. And StockX flight prices tend to not be on par with how the market actually feels about a shoe. It just depends on scarcity because there are certain shoes that, like, I can't think of a good example right now, but there are certain shoes that are priced at, like, $1,000 or $1,100 is a dunk, but it's because that's the last of that size. Or it's like one of the last few DS pairs in that size, right? So it's like a numbers game with StockX. Same thing with all the other sneaker services. So really, that is not indicative of value. Case in point, I see Purple Lobsters are being sold for anywhere between 750 and 1000 DS. 
So you go on gold or StockX, lobsters are like fourteen, fifteen hundred. Purple ones. I'm just saying, uh, DS price on StockX doesn't always conflate with how the market and the community actually feels about the shoe. Because if that was the case, then everybody would be getting 1500 for it. But the negative effects of a Travis Scott release is this. Resellers go into this mode where they buy up all the stock of the dunks that come out before it and the dunks that come out after it. Because natural thinking would be, okay, well, I lost on the Travis Scott's. I'm going to go take my ass and go get that fragment dunk, right? That's been sitting at 300 forever. Holy shit, it went from 300 to 360. What's the jump? The jump is somebody was smart enough to recognize that people were missing out on Travis Scott. So what do they do? They're going to go look for any dunk that they can go buy. So dunks didn't go up $20, $30, right? This is why I say that StockX controls the market because StockX can, they, and <laughs> this isn't breaking news for anybody, but StockX definitely sells their own pairs in the in their warehouse. They may target the people who have the lowest value and will buy the shoe with no buyer on the other side and then raise the value of that shoe by 10 20 relist it on their side raise the value of the shoe by that 10 or 20 dollars right and then make a profit that way and they also get they also get pre-orders from someplace I, i'm not going to go there but the point is is when it comes to a Travis Scott or somebody of his magnitude. And the same thing will happen with Virgil too. Anytime they touch a new silhouette or they are touching uh, a, a silhouette that they've been heavily involved with, you know, the prices for the other shoes go up tremendously. And that's really my first frustration. That's my first frustration with it. It's the fact that we finally got to this place with dunks where the market's normalized, especially for bigger sizes. Because those big feet folk, 13, 14, 15, 15s, we lose. We lose, right? Anywhere between 8 and 11 and a half, 12, you guys are okay, right? Well, 12s kind of feel our pain. But anywhere in that 8 to 11 and a half range, the market is normalized, right? It's not the same for uh, 13, 14, 15 folks. It's almost double. It's kind of ridiculous. So when I see an SB release from him, I'm like, why? Here's the other thing. Nike has this extensive roster of collaborators and creators that they work with. Why would we push any Nego shoes to 2024 when you could bring him in at the end of the year and take this Travis Scott slot for whatever dunk he's about to come out with, right? Political reasons behind why that's not the case and the fact that, you know, shoes take having 12 to 18 month delivery time frame, but also... I think the bigger thing here with that, though, is 
you don't sign that deal with Nico unless, you know, some of the ideas that they have initially, you green light from Nike's perspective. Back to Travis. Number two, where I'm at. We do not need another SB dunk from Travis. The first one was primo. It was perfect. We don't need another one. He could leave it alone, right? Because the main thing with the Jordan 1, specifically the lows, is he's done so many of them, and the formula with the with the lows is kind of the same, right? The only one where he really kind of got freaky with it was with the fragment one, but, you know, it was a triple collab, so fragment was involved and I'm sure you know they had some different design decisions than the Travis Scott team I'm not saying the dunk's not going to be cold that's not what I'm saying I'm also not saying that I wouldn't consider buying the shoe well <laughs> I'll get to that one in a second right I'm saying that we don't need it I wore my Travis SBs thing it came out in 2019 I wore my Travis SBs the other day to work. And I was thinking to myself, my Lord, is this shoe fire? And then by the end of the day, my feet were hurting because <laughs> it's an SB. That shoe was so cold, especially because I had like the yarn in the shoe and the shoe holes. And then uh, and the I got the yarn laces in. I don't know why I said shoe holes. I got the yarn laces in. Right. I wore the pink laces for a really long time. The pink looks really good. You know, I really like that shoe. I really like the bandana on it. Like it was like, I really like that shoe. Like it's really, it's really fucking good. And I like that. Unlike his Jordans and the air trainers and the air maxes and the, and the, even the forces that, that, that they've done together, that, to this point, at least until yesterday, the SB was the only thing that he didn't touch. It's actually perfect because it allows that shoe to be a standalone in his category. It allows it to because it is truly a 10 out of 10 collaboration of his collaborations. Right. Personally, I'm ranking the mochas the mocha one high let's just throw the high and the low together right reckon the mocha the mocha one high and low right sb is number fucking two right and i say that with confidence over the fragment the fragment collaboration i say that with confidence and the fragment collaboration was fire the dunk is number two and it's not even really close Right? It's just a good looking shoe. No matter what foot, no matter the size, you know, sometimes shoes sometimes shoes tend to look better on smaller feet versus bigger feet. The colorway is perfect. I haven't worn it enough to figure out there's a tearaway here, but I don't think there is. Like it's just a great shoe. And I love that it's the only shoe in his catalog to this point. That doesn't have a brother, sister, compatriot, companion, whatever. But now it does. And that frustrates me. Because whatever they do is not going to be as good as this one. And even if it is, 
it's going to garner more hype than it should. Number three. Yeah, I got three. Pricing. Nike has been a bit in a tizzy when it comes to pricing their shoes. I'm going to come right out and say it. I would not be surprised if the Travis Scott SB was between $180 and $200. I would not be surprised. Let me tell you why. It started when the pandemic happened and there was a big boom in the sneaker industry, right? Those GR dunks slowly went from 100 to 105 to 110 then 110 to 120, and then 120 to 130, right? I specifically remember with the P-Rods. That was the first shoot I can think of that they charged 160 retail for a dunk collaboration. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And then that same summer, or P-Rods was spring, summer, their summer pack, the Virgils were 180 and 200 with tax and shipping. I was like, hmm, okay. Now it's standard place for <clears throat> for these shoes, these dunks, to be GR wise 120 to 130, depending on materials. Collaboration 150, 160, right? Commonplace. I would not be surprised if this shoe was $180. I would not be surprised. I won't be surprised because this is how they indoctrinate folks. This is how they get people really convinced that they need to be paying Jordan money for a dunk, for a skating shoe, which, by the way, not that long ago, not that long ago, you could walk into a, a freaking uh, city sports and get all these rare dunk collaborations that are like two, three, four bands now. You can walk into a city sports and get them shits for $70, 30% off. So anyway, pricing. The retail price is going to be ridiculous for the shoe. I'm already known. If it's 160 it's still going to be ridiculous. But I think it's going to be 180, 200. That's one. Two. The shoe, like most Travis Scott's, if not all of them, the resale is an automatic one, $1,000. No matter the size, it's automatic 1K. And I'm thinking to myself, we haven't seen any renders, we haven't seen any photos. Why the hell are these automatically going to be a stack on resale? Like, I think I saw on reselleology, like they were expecting reselling to be anywhere between, you know, $900 to $1,400 or something like that. And I was like, what the hell? We haven't even seen a render of the shoe. Um, Image. Yankee Kicks hasn't came out with this shit yet. See, Sneakerheads, I ain't seen shit yet. So... I don't know. 
But I will tell you this. Frustrating as it as it is that the resale price is going to be over a band, and it probably doesn't deserve to be, the hype is what's really going to make this shoe frustrating. Because everybody's going to say, oh, the Travis, the OG Travis Dunk is a, is a grail. If it's a grail, you will go out and go buy your grail. You just would, right? If you really cared about it that much, you wouldn't be spending your money on military blacks at $400 or $350 or 325 whatever they're at now, right? You wouldn't be spending your money on pine green fours. Every new hyped up release is they're like, these are my grails. No, they're fucking not, bro. We're going to get a bunch of these are my grails from like everybody from fucking little uh, little scrawny white kids who want to be resellers to fucking DJ Khaled saying, these are my grails. I remember when Travis and I were in the studio, we're cooking up on my next album, dropping December 1st, by the way. And uh, he was showing me the renders of the shoe and he said, oh, I could get a sample. And then this is him on Complex and Joga Puma being surprised. Oh, my God. DJ Khaled is pulling out uh, Travis Scott SBs for the first time ever. Oh, my God. And then we see Travis wearing them at Fashion Week and the whole fucking hype train fucking starts. And we get more podcasts and more conversations about the fucking shoe and the whole the whole thing. Right. And I, I know it sounds cynical when I'm talking about this, and I don't mean to be cynical about it. And I spent a lot of time on this, and rightfully so, because we do need to talk about this. But aren't you guys tired of this? I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the media hype on it. I'm tired of the street hype on it. I'm just tired of it, bro. We already have three guaranteed collaborations coming out from the Mac Air Attack, the uh, Air Jordan 7 and fucking um, the Dunk. All going to be reverse swoosh. All are going to be, you know, like a shoe that you could beat up. You know, it's going to be durable. Most of his shoes have been durable, right? All of them are going to have some type of stash pocket or, you know, like, you know, like some kind of connection to Houston. You know, it's the same fucking story being told on all these shoes, right? The only shoe that's really been unique to this point, in my opinion, has been the fragments. The only thing that's been unique. And with the fragments, they really like went back. They're like, oh, this is like OG Jordan, like the first Jordan one, like before they got the solid all around, right? This is the first OG Jordan prototype that never made it into production. And Nike released, like, what? One, two, three. At least three or four colorways off of that release? Come on. Aren't we, aren't we tired of this? Like, seriously, aren't we tired of it? Can we find something? Can we find something else to be hyped up about? Because there's plenty out there. There really is. Trying to think if I missed anything super important from the Twitter timeline. Uh, 
Burritos, dunks, we don't care about those. I already talk. Oh, Yeezy. Yeezy, Yeezy, Yeezy. Who, who previously jumped over Jumpman, but then Jumpman got back o- over him. Yeezy. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> oh, yeah, and the, and, the, and the Jaws stuff, too. I got to bring him up. We'll talk about Yeezy first. I <laughs> Kanye I still support Kanye the musician and the creator. Personally, I hope that he's working through his shit. And this rant is directed at Adidas. Guys, what is going on? What is going on? Just sell the fucking shoes. Just sell the shoes, man. See, here's what I hate about white privilege and when black creators get in trouble. Right. And let me start up by saying I do not condone nor support or agree with anything that Kanye said related to insulting Jewish people's heritage. Right. I don't think what he said on drink champs was which was the straw that broke the camel's back. I don't think what he said on drink champs was an inaccurate statement. That part may actually get me in trouble, but everything else like. You know, I don't necessarily, I don't condone that. I don't condone him attacking a religious, a people or a group of people who have a specific religious faith. I don't attack that, whether it's Jewish people or, or support that, whether it's Jewish people, Islamic faith, Christianity, none of that shit. That's just whack, right? Leave that to the white supremacists who don't got nothing better to do with their time, right? So I don't support Yeezy on that front. But what, what, what I will say is this. He was right about Adidas from Jump Street. And that's kind of really what set this off from 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 Jump. He was being a lot more vocal about his relationship with Adidas. And do I think the some of the attacks on the Jewish people kind of have to do with him trying to get out of the Adidas contract? Yeah, I do. I don't think that's... I don't think that's an impossible thing to say. I think it's more than fair, if not accurate, right? From where I'm sitting and just how things have played out, right? Because really since then, I mean, like, I mean, he has barely been in front of a, a camera or a mic, right? He ain't DMing complex, right? He's not going out of his way to be destructive anymore, or at least recently. Like, he's been kind of doing his own thing. So... To say that the whole Adidas thing leading up to that whole, you know, any other relationship, I think he was trying to get out of it. Did he realize how badly that they were going to squeeze him? I don't think he did. Or maybe he did and just was just like, this is the only way. Kind of some Doctor Strange, one out of 14 million. We only win, but I can't tell you how we win type shit. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know. But Adidas, here's the thing. Who, the former CEO, 
whoever was making the decisions, y'all fucked up. Yeezy was humming, humming, right? Had all these experimental designs, right? The culture was really riding with Kanye and, you know, his and his gravity boots and his moon boots and the foam runners. The foam runners were a hit. The slides were a hit. And all I'm going to say is you should have just paid him. You should have just gave him the voting power. I mean, think about like, I, I I didn't go to business school. I don't need an MBA to know. I don't an MBA. I don't need an MBA to know that, like, if you have somebody that drives cultural equity, you keep them in the fold for as long as you can and ride that wave until the wheels freaking fall off. It's why Travis Scott is getting another dunk and has a Jordan Seven and an Air and a Mac Air Attack. That's why he's getting all these collaborations. It's because people will ride with him no matter what the case is. Because he's a guaranteed bucket. He is a guaranteed bucket. He is Carmelo Anthony in a Denver Nuggets uniform. He is a guaranteed bucket. Bad Bunny is starting to become ish a guaranteed bucket. Keyword on the ish because Bad Bunny, as popular as he is, does not drive the same numbers as Kanye freaking West. He just doesn't. And that's okay. It's okay. Not everybody's Kanye, not everybody's Beyonce, not everybody's Drake. That's okay. It's not the end of the world. Bad Bunny is still freaking awesome. And so is his music. And so are most of his collaborations with Adidas. But all they had to do was give him a seat at the table. Because what he wanted to do was take Adidas to the next level. And Adidas, and we have enough sufficient evidence where this doesn't sound like a crazy take, Adidas just wanted to stay where they were at, right? Adidas in Europe is fine. They're shitting on Nike in Europe because that's their, that's their home base, right? Asia, China specifically, you know, touch and go because politics over there. Nike Nike shoes sit on a shelf there because they don't support Nike in China, period. They do and they don't. But all the retros are sitting there, all of them. So to say that in America where they could actually use some of that influence and power, that's really where Kanye shines. Because he had that. He, ha- he, he has it. He still has it. And all you had to do was sell his shoes. That's all you had to do. You were the executor of the plan. You were not at the table when it came to the ex- to when it came to the creation of it. Because you guys, and this is this is where white this is where the white um, this is where the white privilege comes in. Sometimes white folk think that they are the creators the sauce makers they control the sauce makers of the culture you don't right you guys tend to ebb and flow where the tastemakers go right you guys are not the true source of culture this ain't breaking news pick up a history book if you really find what I'm saying offensive pick up a history book google man 
I mean, unless you live in like Alabama, go to a freaking library and read. They go and pillage and and take to European whites specifically. They go and pillage and take, and they appropriate, appropriate, right? Same thing here. They thought that they were smarter than Kanye. They just did. And for once, they couldn't admit that they were wrong. And they lost billions of dollars over it. There's one board seat. One board seat out of what? 12, 10, 12, 14? He's one person. But the thought of elevating a black man that that high? Scary. Scary thought. Just like Virgil and now Pharrell taking over as men's Louis Vuitton creative director, men's creative director, right? Scary. Because that's a lot of power involved with that. Now, was Kanye, is Kanye volatile? Yes. Is he still volatile? 100%. You can't control that. But also, when Donald Trump is out here running the streets and doing the things that he's doing and he still seems to be making billions for his Trump Hotel, despite the fact that many people have came out and said we don't we're no longer working with him and supporting him any way, shape, or form with the insurmountable evidence and he's still out here rich, you know, and still has influence and still able to run for president of freaking United States and actually have a real shot at re winning again, even though he's the worst human being on the planet currently. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. But for the sneakers portion of this conversation you guys have one fucking job sell the sneakers sell the sneakers right i can understand shelving it during the controversy but man freaking sell those shits bro you gotta pay him it's in the contract you couldn't kick him out of the contract you could you locked him out but you locked yourselves back in like just freaking pay him and sell the fucking sneakers all that we're gonna be giving a lot of the proceeds to uh these uh initiatives for Jewish and, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter programs. That's that's cute. That's going to piss more people off than Kanye's comments about Jewish people because racism. That's going to piss a lot of people off. What do you mean you're giving my money away to Black Lives Matter or Jewish people? Who cares? That's what they're going to say. I don't, I don't feel that way, obviously. I should make it clear I don't feel that way. But they're going to be like, what the hell? Right? They're a company that is thinking 10 years behind. I wanted to say 20, but I'll be nice. Give them 10. 10 years behind on strategy and execution. Put the freaking product out there. Why even recall that shit from the stores? You just wasted so much money. Why? Sell the shoes. Sell them. Because Yeezy is never going to have a higher value than it is right now. Well, most of that stuff is going on sale on June 1st. The entire inventory is going to be sold. But what does that mean about the future of the partnership? Because Adidas has been kind of vague on that. And Kanye sounds like he's still going on the offensive against them. Which means I don't think that relationship has necessarily necessarily been resolved fully. But I also think that 
they're going to get back together because their sole purpose in coming together in the first place was to drive influence culture and crush Nike. That was the whole, that was the whole point of their collaboration. The whole point of it. And the two could get back off on a solid footing. If Adidas lets Kanye gets back in control, get back control of the steering wheel, right? Continue to let him do that stuff. All that hate with him partnering with Balenciaga and then partnering with Gab and all these other things. Like, why y'all hating? You do the same exact thing that he's doing. Why y'all hating? That's really where some of that comes from, too. Just hate. Who cares, man? He's selling shit. His shit sells out. You put his shit on the site and it sells out. You restock and it sells out. People care about Kanye in 2023. Just foam runner slides. That shit's going to fucking sell out. The shit holds resale value, right? What what didn't work for you guys were you coming up with colorways that didn't match the aesthetic. It just didn't. And people started to notice after a while. It went from one or two really bad ones to like eight in a row. And motherfuckers was like, hold on. Kanye's still sanctioning this. And then he sends a DM to, to Complex and is like, no, actually, I'm not even supporting that shit. I told them, don't, don't do that. We're going to have a fucking problem. Right? Fix it. That's all I got to say, dude, is fix it. I'm tired of talking to you guys about this. Fix it. Because, again, especially in the U.S., like, what do you guys really care about? Is it maintaining status? Because, congratulations, you're a juggernaut in Europe, but how long is that really going to last? Nike is having this, like, 1980s, 1990s-ish retro comeback where pretty much anything with a swoosh on it fucking sells. So, I don't know. I don't know how long, I don't know how much longer y'all got. Just me. Okay. Last thing I crossed the timeline and was a heavy, heavily debated topic. Mr. John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies, point guard, great player, most improved. All NBA last year, not this past season, but the year before. Got to the second round last year, flying down the first round, six games against the Lakers. Wasn't wasn't on him. Him and Desert Bay were playing really well for most of the series. You know, they just didn't have enough uh, to defend AD. You know the Josh story, right? Got suspended, missed those eight games, apparently went to Florida, got some mental health counseling. People don't believe you actually went to Florida. You know, they think you're just chilling in the crib, you know, ordering DoorDash, staying low, you know what I mean, right? Hit those games off, then got it. He was suspended 10 games, but took off eight, so it was really only a two-game suspension. Then he came right back, right? Apparently the commissioner had to talk with him, like, hey, don't fuck with me. You know, we're going to try and bury this for you, but, you know. If it if it goes bad again, you know, we're not gonna be able to help you, right? It's gonna go bad. People were saying, you know, he should lose his Nike sponsorship, should lose his Powerade sponsorship. You know, I don't really like when people go for the you know, you should lose all your sponsorships. Like I hate I hate that Nike I'm still mad about Nike dropping Tiger Woods for a DUI. 
in a car crash in TMZ. Gatorade dropped him too. Um, eventually, they picked him back up, but publicly they dropped him. Right? I'm still still kind of mad about the whole Kyrie Jewish thing and them dropping Kyrie. Like, come on, like, are y'all serious? Like, the relationship was ending, and you know they just used that as an excuse to not pay that man no more. But, you know, in reality, you kind of fucked up. You still need them because, you know, Kyrie was one of the more popular Nike basketball shoes, but neither here nor there. They cut him confidently, cut Kyrie confidently, knowing that the job one was going to be coming out and that job. Uh, I don't remember when the Jewish thing happened. I think it was like November, December, but then like December, um, the job one came out and it's the Christmas day game. And I think on a, I was pu- still publishing on the old feed, but I called that shoe mid, um, from a design perspective, the gen one version one mid. And I, I maintain that, you know, they have some nice colorways on it, but you know, I maintain that. But then this past week, guys, we get in the second video of, Ja dancing to whoever. I don't know if it was little baby NBA young boy, who knows? Um, and you know, he's on his homies live and he got the blicky out again and homie puts the phone down, picks the phone back up, looks over, John the camera again, then they cut the live and it's you know Look so my tweets, my initial tweets against John were really negative, right? Because I really, I, I'm disappointed in him. I'm disappointed in his decision making. I'm frustrated that, like, he is one of the few, like, black faces of the league full of black players, right? Um, and he literally, you know, figuratively speaking, has the crown, proverbial crown on his head. I mean, like, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've rewatched Ja dunking on uh, Jalen Smith from the thing from the free throw line, like right past the free throw line uh, over and over. That dunk was crazy. I mean, he's a really great player, but dude, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me? Like. You're doing this to Nike again? Like, they stood by you the first time when, in reality, we've seen them drop people for less. For less. They love cutting people. You did it to them again, bro? Come on, bro. You did it to your Grizzlies team and the teammates again? Come on, bro. You did that to the league. You about to get suspended. You about to miss out on millions of dollars of game checks. For what? Listening to NBA freaking young boy? Look, I don't give a damn about listening to young boy. Right? It's not an old man yells at cloud moment. I grew up listening to to, uh, Chief Keef. I still listen to some drill rap. I still listen to fucking... Uh, you know, what really gets me going is some Griselda, you know, that's not some kind shit to play in front of the, the white folks that I work with in corporate America, you know, that's some real shit, right? And I'd be singing it and I love it, but I don't ever 
and when in front of my employers or <clears throat> on social media be acting super nutty with shit and I definitely don't be flashing a blicky. Stupid. I don't own a gun, but also stupid. Dude, what is going on, man? Like I get it, you know, I here's where I can empathize with Jai, right? Being a uh, one of those black kids that grew up in a nice neighborhood, right? Other black folks tend to tend to think that you're not like built like that. You can't really stand up for yourself or you can't really talk like that. I've been there before, right? And I've also been in the mode where like I had to where I thought I had to prove it. You know what I mean? I never brought a gun or anything like that, but I definitely got into altercations for no reason, right? I had nothing to prove, right? I knew I was tough. I knew I wasn't the person to mess with, right? Whatever. Didn't eat that. Ja is a $200 million man, probably worth more than that. Now, between his other assets and his endorsement deals and all that other stuff, Ja has a chance to eclipse like a billion dollars in NBA contracts if he stays healthy. No, that's an exaggeration. He has a five-year deal at $200 million. He's 23 now. He's probably going to take over 22, 23 now. He's probably going to take over 28, right? But he probably, if I mean, if he stays healthy enough in his game, ages well enough, like, you know, I think LeBron's 38. James Harden is about to be 35. You know what I mean? Is going to be is going to get like a $150 million deal from the Rockets this summer at 35. Dude has a chance to at least get close to a billion dollars in NBA contract earnings. Like, that's not a joke. Like, that's real. Like, he is in that upper echelon of players at a young age where all his contracts for the rest of his career are going to start in the 45 to $50 million range. All of them. Even with the cap smoothing and all that stuff that's coming in. All his shit's going to be 50s, 60s, 70s from here on out. Like, bro, think about that. You you don't ever have to worry about a, a thing anymore besides taking care of yourself and your body and your mental health. Right? Just focus on you. Like, <clears throat> I know plenty of people have given Jai advice this week. And here's my here's my advice. Man, I know them your boys, but I also had to make a difficult decision, and I'm not nearly in the same position as he is. But we've all had to make decisions where we had to cut bait with friends, right? I have friends that I was really close with, love those kids to death, man, had to cut them loose. Why? Because they just were not going where I was trying to go, right? And I'm not an NBA player. I don't touch. I haven't seen any of that kind of money. Right. But as a normal fucking citizen, I hope to eclipse and have a certain lifestyle. Right. One going to be like that if I was riding around with my boys every time I got off work and was just like, yeah, let's go drive around the neighborhood and like talk, talk about life. Like we can't actually make these changes in our life right now. Right. Ja, get out the fucking passenger seat, bro. They got a song about dude, think TLC, right? Homeboy trying to holler at me through from the passenger seat. Bro, you are a $200 million man. Get out of the passenger seat. Drive your own car or hire a driver. I'm not saying stop hanging out with your boy because some people have said that, but you may have to because 
I mean, they got his ass on. They got his ass like at the center of several controversies. Him fighting his homeboy, being one of the people starting fights with um, uh, finish line employees and uh, dude as also like potentially pointed a red dot at the Indiana Pacers uh, fucking traveling party. Even though that wasn't proven or quote unquote, it just they just never publicized it. Like, come on, dude! Like, make better decisions. Now back to the sneakers, for real, because this is this is a sneakers podcast. Honestly, Nike should have pulled that bullshit off the off the shelves because it wasn't a great collabor. It wasn't a great partnership to begin with, right? I'm so I'm surprised they're coming out with as many colorways as they did because honestly, it should have just stuck to like two or three, like that colorful one. Uh, the Memphis Pride one, a white one and a black one, and call it a day, right? And then start gearing up for Gen 2 because the Gen 1 version was trash. But they're pulling his sneakers amid the controversy. They're blanking it off of sneakers because there was supposed to be a drop coming up like this week for the shoe on sneakers and on finish line now. They took that shit down and they're quietly they're not they haven't made a statement. They're just quietly removing the shoes from uh circulation until the till the till the shit dies down. Bro, John's probably gonna get twenty five games too. That's a detriment to him because like I'm sure he has like all star clauses and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And I'm sure Nike had a hundred plans around set certain colorways and you know like building like a memorable start to build like a line that like signifies his journey as a player. Right. But you can't do that if you're missing games because of injury, if you're missing games because of suspension, you can't do that if you're not on the court making plays. And I'm not trying to boil a job down to somebody who's only supposed to be on the court making plays, but bro, like that's your job, right? I have a job. You have a job. Uh, your neighbor has a job. Everybody has a job around here. Even the owners have a job. The job, their job is to build a competitive basketball team and spend the money, right? Your job is to go out on that court and fucking do your best to try and win as many games as possible to, to get a championship or, you know, bring success or whatever, whatever the goals of the Memphis organization are. I don't know what those are. Down it's a championship. So, Ja, good luck, bro. Seriously. And, you know, you end up seeing my tweets or anybody from that camp ends up seeing my tweets, you know, I'll take it back. I know. Should Nike drop them? Um, no, I don't think they should. Right. Uh, should he be one of their featured athletes going forward? No, but I also don't know. Right. Um, my guess is, my guess is that they, I wonder who Victor Wimbenyama's sneaker, um, I wonder if Victor Wimbenyama's sneaker, who his sneaker person is going to be. Scoots with Puma, right, it may eventually go over to Under Armour because of his relationship with Curry, you never know. Could be the first Curry brand signing. Um, I wonder who Wimbayama's with. Because if Wimbayama signs with Nike instead of Jordan Brand, because they've been funneling a lot of the, a lot of the recent number one picks, number two picks, number three picks of Jordan Brand. 
I'd be interested to see if they t- elevate Wimby over the, to the Nike side. Um, but yeah, John, good luck, bro. That is all I have for things that are on my timeline. I did just open up my Twitter and I saw that Marcus that they that Kicks Finder retweeted Marcus Jordan. And I'm not giving Marcus Jordan the time, the day, or the energy. I'm not. He can He can kick rocks, bro. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I'm looking at Complex's Instagram right now, too. They've done, like, three social posts on the Travis Scott <laughs> SB. His face is literally all over their page. See, this is why the hype train needs to die. Because what is this? Like, what is this? Um, Tomorrow, the, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the Miles Morales spider-man shoe drops i do want to talk about that really quick because i'm debating if i want to spend the bread on it tomorrow um i've seen i saw the reviews i've actually seen the shoe in hand and i like the glow in the dark bottom believe it or not i really like that i think that's a nice touch I'm wondering if I should actually get it. I think about my sneaker collection right now. And I haven't really been spending money on sneakers like that. The last thing I got was the White Cement 3. No, no, it wasn't. It was the New Balance, uh, the Joe Fresh Goods one. Um... And really, I probably should just spend my money on something else that's on my list. But I don't know. Something about that Miles Morales Jordan one is just interesting. It's just interesting to me. It's really leaving an impression on me that I want it. Oh my God, the Doran Becker Vomero 5 is 602? Oof. That ain't it. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't know. I'm looking at my wants list on GOAT. Right? I got Trophy Room 7s on there. Right? I could spend that bread on there, but that's really only if I lose out tomorrow on it. I'm not really trying to spend 280 Uh and 280 with shipping and taxes and stuff like that. That kind of seems dead. Pat of Whites. Um, I'm okay on Air Maxes right now. Gel Cayano's. The Jounds. Okay, those are out there. <sighs> I forgot about these Desert Elephant Threes. Yeah. <clears throat> We've moved on. <clears throat> Yeah, I don't know. I would say that I'm going to enter the sneakers drive raffle for him. If I get him, I get him. If I don't, I go. And just leave it at that. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing, one last thing I do want to talk about, and this is what I hope to have spent like a good 15, 20 minutes on rather than Travis Scott and John Morant and Adidas. Watching the NBA playoffs has been interesting, right? You know, we've had, it's probably been one of the better NBA playoffs in the last few years, you know what I mean, that I can think of. And I'm not saying that because the Warriors have been dominant the entire time. I'm I'm really saying that because, um, you know, I felt like while the Warriors were dominant and it was just the Warriors and the Cavs back and forth and we had Toronto in there, we didn't have too many teams, like, actually pulling together contenders to play against uh, those teams, especially in the East, right? Toronto tried a couple times, right? Um, I bl- I vividly remember the Indiana Pacers having a shot and uh, LeBron fouling Victor Oladipo and them not calling it. And then on the next play, uh, he gets a, gets a game-winner bucket and Oladipo misses the actual game-winner, right? There's that one. Uh, I think that was all 2018. Um, yeah, so it's mostly been like LeBron dominated. Uh, and then Harden, of course, right? Harden was competitive against them, but mm, not really. But this has been the best from a parody perspective uh, in a while. And with the Lakers advancing to the conference finals, now down 2-0 against the Nuggets, who I fully expect to win this series unless the NBA intervenes, like I expect them to do in the Miami series, who they're also up 2-0. I'm thinking about LeBron's sneaker legacy, right? So the LeBron 20s, year 20, right? Year 20 has been such a big year for LeBron. Right, he probably one of his greater career accomplishments was was helping to elevate this team uh, to the playoffs after a two and ten start. Uh, but most of the year, especially because I like the Lakers and I pay attention to the Lakers, and I'm not a just a I'm not a LeBron fan at all, like at all. I'm a Lakers fan. Most of the year. The reason why they sucked and the team chemistry was so bad is because they were every night was about how close is LeBron getting to the scoring record. And I remember the past, the month leading up to it when he was within like 200 points or something like that. He was like doing his best to like string together 30 point games and 40 point games. Like he was really trying hard and time and trying to time it out on when he was going to break the record you know, and was in cohorts of the league. And, you know, I mean, the league wasn't, like, not obvious about him breaking the record on a national TV game. But then they lost that OKC game, which was even funnier to me. But, you know, this is neither here nor there. So <clears throat> what is LeBron's sneaker legacy 20 years in, right? Here is where Michael Jordan continues to have LeBron beat and where I think their legacies start to take a different path. Like LeBron's legacy off the court from a media perspective, from a, a media perspective is 
has a way bigger impact. But Jordan, on the other hand, has also has a lot of adventures too, right? Outside of just being an NBA owner of the worst team in the league, right? He's doing the NASCAR thing, which I think he seems to really care about. You know, he's really tied in to Jordan brand, apparently. Um, and, you know, like, he, he's doing other shit. Stuns at tequila brand, stuff like that. LeBron has a tequila brand. Lobos. Lobos is just okay. Uh, I haven't had Michael Jordan's tequila either. It probably tastes like trash, too. Um, but I've had Lobos. It's just okay. Um, I'd rather drink A1A tequila, and that's saying something. Um, I'm thinking about his sneaker legacy and where we stand. Right now, I don't do revisionist history. That's one thing I don't do. Right. For years, Kobe had the best signature sneaker line at Nike. Right. If we're talking non-Jordan, Kobe had the best signature sneaker. Then when KD entered the league, LeBron kind of got pushed down to number three on the roster. And I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like officially that's the case because I don't know that to be true or not. I'm just going off of vibes and just like what I was feeling at the time. Cause I grew up during this era, right? Kobe had the best sneakers, best sneakers and they're always available. Right. Then when KD came into the league, KD had some of the best sneakers and his shit was hard to get. LeBron when in that six, seven, eight, nine era that's uh big bang era that 20 2009 to 2012 2013 era of lebron sneakers his best era he had a slight comeback um when he stole someone else's flow when draymond was rocking the zoom soldier eights in the finals when they went up 3-1 then he got suspended LeBron infamously, and I think, you know, LeBron's a smart guy, right? He changed He changed his shoes midway through the series, right? Because he'd been playing in, I forget which shoe it was, but he had been playing in his signature shoe all season, and then for the last three games of the finals, decided that he was going to switch into the Zoom Soldier 8s, which is interesting to me because, like, I think he kind of did that on purpose, and it helps add to the mystique and the legend of LeBron that is going to be uh, rewritten and rewritten and rewritten time, years and years and years again when people only look at stats and be like, Le- LeBron is the greatest player of all time. Michael Jordan isn't. He's fourth on this and third on that. Um, but from a sneaker perspective, right, LeBron's line was drafted at nine. Uh, the nine was really the last one. Then in the finals in uh, 16 is when it changed, right? Zoom Soldiers were really, really popular basketball shoe, like really popular for a little bit. And then some of his signature sneaker line kind of revolved around that. You know, it was a popular shoe for the big men uh, at the time. And then, uh, you know, then it, went dry, then it went dry again. And I'm not saying that people didn't wear LeBrons, but like, you know, a lot of the swing men stopped, didn't, like the bigs didn't wear his shoes as often. You know what I mean? They went more back to like that hyper dunk, like the shoe that 
uh, Jokic is wearing right now with his logo, with his little PE logo on there. Uh, also interesting enough that Jokic is a Nike athlete too. Ha ha. Um, yeah. So a lot of the bigs went back to wearing like kind of that hyper dunk flare. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, this, the 18 was okay. Uh, the 17, 18, and 19, they were okay. The 16 was okay. I'm thinking about the 16. 16's okay. You know, it was just a heavy shoes. LeBron's shoes are heavy, but they need to be because, like, it's literally his shoe and it's matched and designed to his play style, right? Even though, you know, you could start to see that, like, there were a couple times, I think, like, that first year of his Laker media day, he didn't wear his signature sneakers or something like that. It was, like, a big deal. And, like, Nike went back and, like, redid his deal. Um, and then when there was talks of, like, him potentially leaving, uh, and Kanye had put out there that uh, Nike was about to lose LeBron um, for whatever reason, I guess it would have to be the fact that LeBron's sneaker sales were declining and the fact that, like, he was not their most popular athlete uh, from a basketball perspective. Um and the fact that he wanted a Jordan brand level deal with Nike and Nike told him to fuck off. Um, paraphrasing, of course. Um, I'm sure that's not how it went down, but I'm sure that's how it ended. Um, led to him entertaining offers from other places. And then they signed up to that billion, that undisclosed dollar amount deal, that lifetime deal was a billion dollar deal. It's widely one of the reasons why months later he was listed on Forbes as um the as the first uh athlete billionaire that was still playing like active athlete billionaire that was still playing so um yeah i i think about that and then lebron 20 comes and i was really excited for it i was excited for it because it was a low cut shoe it's the first time that lebron Slime was opening with a low cut shoe to start. There was no high top. Normally it's like a high top and then a low top and a low top is always better than a high top. And, you know, it wasn't a true low top either. This shoe is a true low top, right? Uh, still kind of cut middle, cut mid a little bit, but it's, it's a low top in nature. The LeBron 20 is his best shoe. In the last eight years, 2023, yeah, 10 years, 10 years. This is best shoe in the past 10 years. And between the game that he broke the scoring record and this playoff run that they're having right now, I'm wondering, like, when we talk about LeBron 10 years from now, and hopefully he's retired at that point, you know, who knows? He's a really great athlete, right? I wonder if we'll be talking about LeBron shoes the same way we talk about Jordan's. The obvious answer is hell no, because Jordan retros are still some of the most popular and sought after shoes on the earth. Right. But there are some, especially if Nike plays it right. See, that's the key. That's the key word and key phrase there. If Nike vaults 
his shoes, like when he retires, like vault his shoes, like something they should have did with Kobe in his line. Vault the sneakers for four or five years and then release them. Then bring them back. If they vault his shoes for four to five years, let him kind of distance himself from the playing career, right? People will forget about some of those shitty LeBron 18s, that PEs that are out there. Uh, you know, they'll forget about the Zoom Soldier era. You know, they'll remember, oh, Big Bangs. Yeah, no, those are some of my favorites. Well, bye. Right? Yo, people will be like, oh, yeah, no, LeBron 20 is the end of his career. 21s, yeah, no, those are, those are dope. Those are dope. People will be like, yeah, no. Right? The same thing that they're kind of doing with the Zoom era generation right now, they're bringing it out 20 years later. I love that they vaulted that. But high key, that needs to go back in the vault. Because if they play it right, they can vault his sneakers for five years, right? Because LeBron is basically their ultimate ambassador influencer right now because he's wearing everything. Every Nike collab he's wearing, Terminators. They look weird on his feet too. (laughs) But... uh, Vault his sneakers for four to five years and just let the hype build back up on the releases. Let people miss the silhouette, right? I think that's really going to help his sneaker legacy and his sneaker story in the future because as we hit the twilight of his career, you know, we're not going to remember his sneaker legacy fondly if, like, the minute he retires, it's like, uh, retirement pack, Hall of Fame pack. Like, I think you had to wait five years. I'm sure they're going to break this rule for LeBron. Um, but I think you had to wait five years before you get into the Hall of Fame, right? For sure. I would even wait until after that. Like, literally a year and a half out from his Hall of Fame induction. Like you can do like a Hall of Fame LeBron 3 or LeBron 7 or LeBron 20 type of ordeal, but whatever his favorite sneaker was. But, you know, like if you want to like retro his shit and have it be something that like, you know, the class, the, the draft class of 2020, 2032 or wearing on court or wearing in the tunnels or, you know, whatever the case, whatever the future of NBA style looks like, if you wanted to have the kind of the impact that Jordan brand has had from a streetwear perspective and from a fashion perspective, then you would vault his sneakers. That's just my opinion. Um, and give us a chance to miss it. Really give us a chance to miss it. People remember pennies way more fondly than, uh, than their wallets and minds actually feel because pennies sit. Even though so many people are like, can't they just write your air penny too? This is my favorite shoe growing up. Reason why people miss it is because it was in the vault for 20 years. Same with phones, right? People are like, oh, phones, phones come back, phones come back, phones come back. Now phones are coming back and people are like, uh, I guess. But there's a rush to go and get older phones, Right? I would love a pair of Galaxy phones myself right now. I'm not paying a bread for them, but I would love to get a pair of Galaxy phones. Uh, 
But I don't want to see Nike come out with Galaxy phones in 2023 or 2024 or 2025. You can keep that shit. All right. Uh, that is all I've got. Uh, I really did want to talk about the sneaker legacy because uh, I thought that was an important topic. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Travis Scott took the steam out of that one. Oh, yeah, well, let me just go ahead and call it out. Look, people, I'm all for wearing your sneakers, but, like, don't be, I hate the guy with the TikTok that, like, buys hype shoes and is like, I'm going to go do uh, fucking deadlifts in them and, like, crease the fuck out of them. Cool. Congratulations. You are alienating random people on the Internet for attention even though you're insulting them for wanting to keep their shoes pristine for attention. Hypocrite much? I'm just saying, you know, I'm team wear your sneakers, but don't go out of your way to like record a video and look the camera dead in the eye as you're creasing the the crease in the shoe. It's like the context for why people don't crease their shoes and keep their shoes pristine is lost in this Gen Z era. And I'm going to take the time to explain it to you guys. The end of the pod was supposed to be then, but I just remembered this topic as I was closing out Instagram. I'm like, cool. Let me go ahead and bring this up real quick. Y'all for the Gen Z kids out there who have, who have parents that seem to have uh, infinite credit card elements. Let me tell you something. There was a time where like, and I'm not old, I'm not old at all, right? When I was growing up, it was legit one to two pairs of of shoes a year, like sneakers, like max, like really like one, like max. And I had to choose between a shoe that I could style, play around with, you know, wear to parties and, you know, go to functions in. Or a shoe that, like, you know, I, like, play football, play football, basketball, and, you know, casually, not actually, like, obviously at cleats, but, you know, at the shoes. For you Gen Zers whose parents seem to have these unlimited credit card limits where you're just like, oh, this is really cool on StockX. I really want this shoe. I did two weeks of chores. My parents gave me $1,000 on the Amex. Swipe. I'm going to go buy these Travis Scott's. And the first thing I'm thinking to myself is I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to go crease these Travis Scott's and post a TikTok. Why? 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 The reason why we don't crease our shoes, the reason why we keep them clean is because if you grew up in that era where you only had, or even or even currently, sorry guys, hit the mic, even currently, where, like, you, for for some parents who are closer to the middle class or below middle class, right, who can only afford to, like, buy their kids, like, one or two pairs of sneakers a year, that's sneakers, we're not talking about church shoes, we're not talking about, like, you know, any other kind of footwear you may need for sports or anything like that, right? Just sneakers that you can casually wear. You got to pick and choose, bro. So that 
nine-year-old that has that or 11-year-old that has the Toro Bravo Jordan 5s and is deciding that he is going to build all of his outfits everywhere he goes around those Toro Bravo 5s and he's going to wear plastic around those shoes is because the Toro Bravo 5s are like $225 and with taxes $250. I don't know about you, but that 11-year-old doesn't have a job. And his parents, who probably work pretty modest jobs somewhere, were happy enough to buy him those Toro Bravo 5s. But they're not going to go and be like, oh, you like those other 5s that are dropping on the sneakers app two weeks from now? You can get those too. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works for them. I remember growing up, right, I begged, I begged my parents, I begged my parents to take me into Vans or it was Zoomies. I went into Zoomies at the time. I begged them to take me into Zoomies and buy me a pair of Vans. I literally could not get skate highs because skate highs were the skate highs I wanted, the, the OG black and whites, right? Those were $69.99. I still remember this. Those were $69.99. And my mom told me verbatim. She said, no, my, my no kid, you're not getting them shits. You're just not getting them. Your limit is 50. Get those. If they're on sale, get them. Verbatim. I remember being excited to go to Famous Footwear because Famous Footwear had Nike in that motherfucker. So at least I could get some Nike shit. Right? I'm not saying that my parents didn't treat me great because they definitely did. But I'm also telling the story because, like, in college, when my dad hooked me up with True Blue 3s, and uh, I bought myself some KDs, I bought myself um, I bought myself a Jordan 1, I can't remember which one, um, in college. But I had, I had some heat. I had some heat in my dorm room. And if you... Going to a college party, you know, people step on your shoes, traveling on the CTA, man, you know, like I'm stepping in gum, you know, I'm doing all these different things. Like I would still come back home and scrub them, put the shoot trees back in them, you know, put a little towel on them, get the creases out, especially on the threes. Right. Even my KDs that I bought to hoop in, I spent $215 of my tax of my uh, school return on KD's at a uh, house of hoops on state street. I never, even when I was hooping, I would be, always look down with the ball in my hands and be careful of how I'm landing, not only to protect myself, but mainly to, to not crease up my shoes mainly for that purpose. So no, dude, you're kind of a dick, not just to me. And I don't care because you know, I crease my shoes all the time now, but I also, take care of them. So different story, but you're not just being a dick to me. You're being a dick to everybody who could, whose parents who are currently fronting their bankroll and being able to purchase sneakers can only afford one pair a year. And I'm going to take care of that one pair because they had to wear that shit to school. They got to wear that shit to prom. They got to wear that shit to uh, the baseball games, the basketball games, the football games, girlfriend's house fucking running in the mud with their friends doing hood ration with their friends they gotta wear that shit everywhere so just be a little bit more respectful you know 
Think about that. And if you don't want to think about that, you know, not your dad. Who fucking cares? <clears throat> on that note, you can follow the pod on Instagram at S-O-L-E Critics. I did not post the little Instagram thing for the episode, but I'm going to post an Instagram thing now. Uh, let me get it open real quick. It'll be on the story, right? Me recording an episode of the Soul Critics Pod. Get on the story real quick. Uh, one, two, three. All right. So, anyway, follow us on Instagram at SLE Critics. Um, episodes are going to be up weekly on the weekends and stuff like that. I'm trying to make my recording day during the week. Um, but I'm actually kind of glad that I waited to record this episode. It will not be typical to record episodes on Friday night. I have a life. Um, or at least I try to have a life and go out and go do things. But, you know, also it's, yeah, don't want to be doing that. So, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram also at evan.creates, evan.creates, uh, Twitter. Don't follow me there at all unless you really care. And then, of course, follow me there, uh, creates Evan. Yeah, peace, love, happiness, wear your sneakers, uh, stop hating on people who choose to treat their kicks with happiness, and more importantly, uh, for you kids out there, don't get a gun and get on Instagram live, don't buy a gun, period, and protect yourselves with your hands, alright, this is.